Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode of Great People TV for 2023. I'm Ben Ibrahim, and I hope, God willing, this will be a fantastic year for all of us. And today, we're going to be talking to Benjamin Ismail, the CEO of AAsia X, to talk about his leadership style and AAsia. So welcome, Mr. Benjamin Ismail, a.k.a. Big Ben, because I am the shorter Ben. Ben, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good, shorter Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. <laughs> all, right. all in good conversation. Man, tell us how it's been for you towards the end of 2022, since it's the start of 2023. Well, I think last year has been, a, well, not just last year, but even the year before and years before that, it's been very tough for us. I think no one expected COVID to come when it happened I thought it was going to be just a two three month bug thing but unfortunately it became two years right so uh, very tough I think we had to make some painful decisions I think the main one really is to kind of like close down the airline temporarily put it to sleep for about two years and and only just focus on ad hoc flights in terms of cargo or you know rescuing people trapped in other countries and that kind of stuff so it was hard. And of course, the other thing as well is, you know, trying to figure out how not to burn cash, you know. And I think the painful decision was one is cost cutting through business operations. But I think the biggest thing was manpower. I think that was probably the most difficult time in my career where I had to lay off I mean, close to about 40% of my workforce. So that was really tough. So, but other than that, I think two years has been, our last two years was been very very hard for me and i guess my team absolutely and sympathies to you and your team for those decisions that you had to make but today it's great people tv we're not talking so much about the unpleasance we're talking about the pleasance and the inspiration so let's focus on the inspirational stuff let's roll back the years you did a commerce degree in perth you went to boarding school in perth a very active sportsman when you were at school played many many sports Tell us about those formative years growing up in Malaysia and Australia and how, how that led you to a corporate career and how that led you to Asia. Yeah, well, I think, you know, well, well pointed out, I think I, mean, I grew up in, in KL, you know, never thought in my mind that I would be sent overseas. But, you know, I think similar to you as well, we were sent at a very young age, right, for boarding school. You know, I had left at the age of, I guess, coming to 12 or 11 and a half. And I went straight to year eight. <clears throat> and then, it wasn't easy, you know. I think, you know, I've ne- I guess it was better than being in a boarding school anywhere else in Asia, but I think it's considered summer camp for us in, in Australia. But, you know, it was good. It was good experience. You know, it's an all boys school. You know, I, a lot of the difference was a maturity by myself and how I take care of myself is contributed from being in boarding school, right? So, you know. And which boarding school was that? Christchurch Grammar School. Oh, first. Yeah. Great yeah. school. So, you know, but I think the biggest thing I learned was not to give up in the fact that in Australia, whether you're fat, because I went there, I was a very fat kid, you know, and, and I did not do much sport. But I think when I went there, how the Australian culture is, is the fact that they, no matter you're fat or not, you still have to do sport. And you'll be associated to a team, you know, whether you're in an A team or the B team, they will have teams up to F you want to, right? You know, the first eight or second eight or whatever. And you, you, then you build yourself up, right? So in Australia, that's when I learned to play ball, basketball. I learned to do rowing because I already played soccer, you know, but and 
football, sorry. A lot of other stuff, but I think those are the two sports that I really focused on it. And, 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 and I, but I guess throughout, throughout the whole five years of boarding school, I came out with achievements. Did well in school. I did well in my sports. You know, I rode for the first eight. I, I, I played first, first five basketball. I did, I, I played Aussie rules a little bit here and there, but you know, it was good. Right. But I think the, the great thing is about being five years living in, 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 in an old boys school is it, it's good. And I think being close to learning people and you, knowing people in Australia, I think you know this as well. I don't know whether it it's the way, but I think for me, most of my borders are farmers, you know, so during, during break, during term breaks, I would go over to, to the farm, learn how you know, to do all kind of farming, you know, milking cows into everything else, which is great. So it, it kind of grounded me. And I guess that's where I learned and being away from home doesn't help right so the only thing i had nice nice and you joined asia some years back before the ceo role in 2015 you were in investor relations yeah did that role and you did that role quite well because i say that because asia won some awards during your your tenure head of investor relations and then one fine day and tony i, I got this story from tony at an event he spoke about super publicly yeah. You, you, Benjamin Ismail, had an offer to be the head, like, like almost like vice president, yeah. president of investor relations at a big, big company, really, really good pay. And like all employees, you said to your boss, sorry, boss, I've got a better offer. I'm about to go. And Tony said to you, look, you're not a head of investor relations type. You're not a head of department type. You're the CEO type. Mm. And he said, look, I can't pay you much, you know but I can give you the CEO opportunity and you can be grown into a real, real big leader. So tell us about what was going through your mind during that conversation, because most people would say, no, I'm going where the money is. Yeah. You know, but you said, I'm going to make, I'm going to be a decision maker. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to be that big C-level that many, many people crave. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, before I go into that, I think I was working in banking for 10 years. Asia was never in my in my foray of or your radar. <laughs> yeah, in my radar at all. You know, all I know is I'm I'm a I'm a plane spotter and I always wanted to go for an airlines, but I just said, you know and then off opportunity came and I bumped into Irene and Irene said, you know, hey, you want to join Asia? I said, Okay, I've got nothing to lose. So I told myself, give it a year or two and I guess and do investor relations, right? So I didn't know what investor relations was. I, I took the opportunity to learn and I think when I joined the main advice is to learn everything because you got to sell the company, right? You cannot just sell numbers, but you got to learn operations. You got to learn everything. So I went all around learning everything from everybody. So I guess that paid off in the fact that I could walk the talk. I know, I know what to sell. I know what to say. And the the big thing about IR is, you know, it it's very close to Tony's heart, you know, because he's the shareholder and every road trip. So every investor meetings, he's there. So I, I kind of learned a lot from him, right? So, and then that to what you said, you know, I won just a few awards, you know, the, the investor relation awards for Bursa and that kind of stuff, some international awards, I guess, for telling a good story, right? To, to the world. Uh, but, All so, yeah. yeah. So, which I think it helped the company that stopped, you know, improve from what, when I joined, it was about 70 cents and I brought it up to about $4.50, which is great. So suddenly, I guess the name kind of get cropped up in the market. So, you know, and that company, Oil and Gas, they come up. Say, hey, do you want to go? I said no the first time. Then they upped the ante again a 
few months later, they came back, upped it again, considered, but there was no push factor for me. When suddenly he came, there was a number, it was very big, like three, three or four times more than my pay. And at that time, you know, oil and gas was a darling of the market, right? They were, their stock price was crazy and all that kind of stuff. So then I went to Tony and I said, yeah, it took me a lot of guts to do it. But, you know, I said, yeah, I got to go, you know, I got a big, big offer, you know, it's going to help me financially, blah, 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 blah. So basically, and of course, me and Tony, we have a good relationship, moving go well. And all he said is, you know, rightly said, you know, I think you have, you do have the material to be a CEO one day, but no, not now. But why well, I'll make sure that, you know, if you work hard under me, you, you get there, right? So, you know, can't offer you that pay, which is rightly said, you know, but sooner or later you get that, you know, a bit of convincing, a bit of talk, a bit of thinking on my side, you know, seeing what I was, but actually, you know, then what he did is basically just promoted me a little bit more, not still meeting the expectations of that salary that I was offered to work closer with him on, on the whole Air Asia itself. So, you know, so I was with him and that pretty much journey happened where I did IR and other departments that I was taking care of with him and basically that's when I traveled with him for a good one or two years being all over the world and that's where I learned you know, a lot of my leadership roles uh, leadership decisions from him right know what's right everything else so and yeah I think from that I, I decided I'll stay I'll give it myself a few more years and see how it goes and that's where it happened so you know I stayed on and that role came up to me I guess two years down the road after that Nice. Now, as a CEO, it's not easy. The lonely game, everybody's looking at you. You almost have to be perfect in the role. Mm. And even though we say, look, mistakes is not a bad thing, it's a silver lining, it's an education in itself. It's probably another boarding school in itself. But tell us about just a couple of examples of the really, really harsh, steep learning curves that you've had to go through as a CEO when you first started. And more importantly, how did you overcome those challenges to make you a more confident CEO? Because when you're a confident CEO, you're a confident person, you're a confident leader, you'll make more better and more confident decisions. Yeah. I mean, I think, first of all, I think the confidence in me built when I was doing IR. You know, when I go on roads, uh, road trips and all that kind of stuff, you speak to sophisticated investors, right? And the fact that you got to make sure that you sound convincing and you got to sell the story. So I think that I learned from that. So any... Any sound of uncertainty, any sound of not sure, sure about the business, people want to invest in you. So I think that is number one. You know, I think I grew on that. Two as well, when I was offered the role of CEO, I was a bit nervous because I was only 38 then, you know, 37, and I was offered the role. I thought, like, am, I, am I ready? Right. But I told myself, you know, age act at that time was in a very bad state. And, you know, I think my, 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 my goal was, well, one, my goal, my task was to make sure we turn around the business, right? So I told myself that, you know, I'll give it a go. I mean, what's worse can it happen? It's already at the bottom end of, 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 of its performance. So I said, I know I'll just try my best in what I can do. So basically I think, you know, I, we, me and Tony, we sat down and we, we, we talked and said, you know, what, these are the things that you need to deliver. You no know, one is change the culture of the company, change whether you need to or not find people that you can work with and basically cost cut and make money, right? So I think that's the important thing. I think the first thing I did was people. I think I've always seen how Tony does it. I've seen other people do it. The best thing to get loyalty and trust is to groom your own people. And I think I saw people with talent 
I, I promoted a lot of young people into senior management and give them that a chance to excel. And that's where you learn, right? You learn under fire. Uh, because at the end of the day, they will learn with me together. We, we go on that same path together, holding hands. And if we don't make it, we fall together, right? So, you know, and that's where I think helped me a lot going through. And of course, with the guidance of Tony and the board and then everything else that helped us quite a bit. So generally, I think in terms of nervousness, whether I was scared, no. But the learning curve is very steep because I think every day is something new. Every day is about making money and you're, you're a listed company. So it's tough, but you know, and Tony is, it's, 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 he's not easy to work with in a good way. He, he pushes you to your limits and basically you question yourself, but he has taught me in many ways that there's no such thing as a, as a no, there's always a solution. And I think from that on, I'm, yeah, I'm in that mindset now, you know, I, my stuff cost me the young guys clear. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, go find it because there's always a solution. So. And that's where we went on. And if you had to, thanks for sharing that, by the way. And if you had to rewrite your LinkedIn profile tomorrow, what would be the two or three major key wins that you are extremely proud of that the company achieved under your leadership since 2015, since you came to the role? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first part was we company was loss making for a while and after that when I came in after a year and a half we turned the business around and we became two years of profitability I think that's that's the big change nice well done we, then after that we we brought out the profile I brought up the share price a little bit not, not much you know not the pre-IPO days but you know but you know we got it close to it and I guess the next one is whether it's a good thing is a bad thing it, it's questionable but I think it's when the company went to restructuring last year and I, you know the testament to one of my board members, Kenon, who drove that restructuring in, but we spent a good two years, day and night, you know, talking to advisors and everybody else in the world, trying to turn that business around when everybody thought that we were going to go belly up, right, you know, and we basically just got that done, pulled it through, being, owing the whole world debts and all that, we became debt-free, right, because the court Sanction kind of put us into a debt-free position. So now we're pretty much a clean business. And I guess the last part of that is last quarter, we posted a profit right after COVID. And that is the achievement. I think it's great. Oh, man. It's not just me. It's the whole team, right? You know, so yeah. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic. Now, you spoke a lot about Tony. He pushes you to your limits. It's almost breaking point. You question yourself. Some people can take it, some people can't, only you can take it. So yeah, he is a like any entrepreneur, a tough customer internally. Right. But how about Kamaridin right. Moranon? Very smart guy. Similar, similar mindset. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us about him? Yeah, similar mindset. I think, you know, I think Tony is the marketeer. He knows the business. He knows how to drive business, how to get people to buy seats and all that. Gato Din, you know, he's he's a smart man in the fact that he knows he helps He's the money man. The money man, but also me in terms of uh, making sure that all the negotiations with everything in terms of you, what you do, whether it's aircraft financing or everything else, got to make sure that you get the best deals on the street. He's also an entrepreneur himself, but you know, I think you know both ways. He gives more 
objective guidance to make sure that you do the right thing, which is good. You need more on the marketing and driving the business side. So both of them complement each other. So I, I learned many things. And I think the, the key thing I learned from Tata Dane as well is the fact is you've got to be grounded in life. You could be in a very good position or whether it's CEO or shareholder or whatever. You've got to be sure that you focus, be grounded, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who's eyeing for the same job and take you out, right? So I think for me, that's the most important thing. And I guess the final thing, I guess, is being honest, right, with yourself and being honest with everybody else. So if you have that honesty with everybody else, people will do business with you at have the element of trust with you. So I think that's what he gave that pointers to me. And of course, he does give me some religions, religious guidance in life. Yeah. You know, typical of the day, you know, but you know, I, I do take it in stride. But yeah, we both of them has played a big role in my in my life. Yeah. Yes, in Tony and then you trust. Well just a couple more questions. The it is Thursday, January fifth. 2023, mm. week of the new year. What is the future of Asia? Well, for future Asia, I think, you know, the main one is the fact that we we are the original low-cost carrier airline in the world, in, in terms of Asia. I mean, what Tony and Dan and Dan is, you know, they allow people dream of flying, never could afford applying to fly. We've we've allowed people to see destinations that have never been, never seen. That's what we've done. And that's why our role is to ensure that we have destinations that people could only dream of, right? So now as we speak, January 5th, to ensure that that dream lives on, the fact that we allow people to still fly at on the cheap with to be good Nasa Lamat and everything else. You know, we want to continue doing that, right? You know, I think that's why the tagline goes everyone can fly. We make sure that we maintain that, 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 that process. And I think that's why I think we're very cost conscious in terms of the business, Tony and myself, to make sure that we cut costs as much as we can. And the only reason we do that is not to in, to enrich profitability, but it's more to allow to bring the fares down even lower. Uh, and that's the important thing, right? So uh, basically, it allows you to bring your kids on a on a holiday times a year. And then back in our days, Ben. You know, we would dream of going on holidays four times, five times a day. That that will save up money for us to go to London. Like if I was here, bro. <laughs> yeah, correct. So, you know, I think that's the difference now. I think our kids are very lucky. They get to see the world more often than we did. Uh, so that's why I'm saying, so back to your, to, your, to your question, yes. I mean, the key thing is to continue doing that and offering and grow it as big as we can to ensure that we become one of the best and also one of the global airline within 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 the ecosystem of Asia and Wish you all the best with that one. We, we all, Asia has changed the mindset of many of people, how we travel, how we plan holidays, how we take the kids. I do agree with you right there. And your management style, if you had to describe it in one or two sentences, how would you pitch it or describe it? Well, for me, I think, you know, I'm an easygoing guy. I think that that's one one of the things. I think I I'm a man. I'm not a man of the people. I just to make sure that you know I I gain people's trust. You no, know, I'm I'm very honest. Tell me, 
Uh, there's also the bit of the dark side of me where I cannot take no as an answer. I have to ensure that things are done right the right way. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I am accountable for the airline. I am accountable for the shareholders. If I do it right, it looks bad on the airline. It looks bad on them, right? So I have to make sure that my flights leave on time. I have to make sure ATP on that performance grade. I have to make sure that our aircraft is in perfect condition and all that kind of stuff and make sure that we make money, right? And we pay salaries. So all this kind of stuff is very important. And I, I make sure that I ensure that happens. So I think in terms of the staff, you know, I hire people that who are confident, who can bring themselves up and, and and carry themselves and walk the talk. What I do now is how I train the the managers and whoever the, the head of departments is. I send them to the gauntlet. I can let them go see Tony and and, and, and present whatever there is. And I will come in if ever they st- they get stuck. Because that's the only way they will learn that you know, learn the hard way. So, you know, yeah, correct. So that's how I do it. So, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm there always supporting them. That's how I, I train my stuff at the bank. I know I I take it day by day. We see what comes out because there's never a dull day in, in, in the airline business. There's always something new, there's always something coming up, delays or or diversion or what kind of stuff we should be had yesterday. We'll get there. That's me. That's you. That's you. And, and well, it's plain, direct, straight and to the point. And you don't take no for an answer. Look, Ben, it's been a wonderful discussion here today to learn about you and the future of Asia. Thank you for sharing that. I do have one more question for you, though. It's a funny question. If you had to tell someone at a dinner, at a dinner party, what's the di- what's the similarities between working on a farm and running an airline? What is it? Well, in the farm, I hang out with sheeps. In the airlines, I, I hang out with cabin crews and, and fun people <laughs> and pilots. And a good staff and all staff pilots. I think that's the difference. But, but uh, I mean, it's, it's a great environment. Airlines is, is so dynamic, you know, I think. And what cheers me on and keeps me going is to see how happy people get to go on holidays and all that with us. And that's very important. No, I think I like that feeling. Yeah. Well, well, sheep and people make a lot of noise, and hopefully, it's all yeah. noise. So Correct. that's always a good way to move forward. Look, my friend, happy New Year once again. I hope you have a great 2023. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Benjamin Ismail, CEO, CEO of Asia X, for sharing his leadership style, his leadership mantra, and the future direction of Asia. Please don't forget, as always, to follow our social media platforms which is Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter as well. And this year for Great People TV, we will be doing things a little bit differently. Yes, the last, last one year plus, we've just got, we've got great guests every week, but we want to not so much go for quantity this year, but we want to go for more quality because we want to get our guests, get some really, really good sound bites, this interview included, and sort of break it up so you can all learn from our great guests on Great People TV. So a little bit different, and we'll have a bit more fun and well not, well, not to say not so serious, but a bit more fun content. A bit mimicking TikTok, not quite TikTok, but I'm just giving you a tease there of what to expect. It's not easy, but we will get there with a lot of hard work, just like the good people of Asia. So my name is Ben Ibrahim. On behalf of my guest, Benjamin Ismail, and myself, and everybody here at Great People TV, have a great 2023, and we'll see you soon on the next episode or the next content piece of Great People TV. Take care. <laughs>